2: I can't believe we got 20. I'd like to point out that there's plenty of other uh cryptid podcasts that I listen to which very quickly st- like they started episodes like 1 through 5 cryptids and then they did like hard left cuz it was cl- like it's hard man. I'm imp- yeah, oh. like I'm thoroughly impressed and I like that we- like I'm heavily biased <laughs> But I like our research and our breakdowns quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I do too.
1: Um, Like, let let me be totally candid, though. There is going to be a point where I talk about aliens. Oh, yeah. No, that's like... Like, we're going to hit a point where John becomes the alien guy. It's already started.
2: There's going to be aliens. There's going to be ghosts. There's going to be Oni at some point in time because... It's really just cool things that we think is cool, but can't talk about with coworkers.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, which means I probably should start doing that Transformers podcast soon.
2: There's, nobody can see you other than me, but for the listeners, John is looking around the room he's in, uh, swiveling in his, uh, what is that, a leather swivel chair, and he's mm-hmm. got do you have a rough estimate for just that room? No, no, ex- no rooms outside of that. What I can tell you for the specifically numbers that lined the walls. Yeah,
1: I can actually tell you specifically how many. Give me a second. Okay, um, uh, let me let me pull up my spreadsheet, <laughs> <laughs> which I actually had to update it because I got a few. Uh, so I got recently got bot bots. Mm-hmm. I recently got some siege minicons. cons. Yeah, um, I finished abominus. So I've got a few things I had to add to it, but let me, okay. let me, uh, let me open up my collection directory, which has got multiple collections in it Okay. and, uh, collection inventory. So let me tell you how many are in this room right now on display. There's currently 141 adding about, mm, let's say 20 for variants because I take stuff out sometimes and don't update yeah. this. Um, That's a display rate of about 25%. Um, (laughs) Because I do keep those ratios.
2: Because I am...
1: I might be slightly psychopathic. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Slightly? Uh, That's an understatement. But, hey, listen. I got my Power Rangers on display. I
1: got a over here. I got the Akiba Rangers up here. One of the Akiba Blues doing a weird thing. And I got like one Hess truck that I kept <laughs> transmutate i got I
2: got transmutate I have to say, is the most disturbing look like out of everything. I always thought he was disturbing she she sorry it's a she. <laughs> he's holding it up to the camera and uh really just giving me nightmares for the rest of the day. well, well you do know that that episode was about euthanasia, right I was probably not making that connection at the time but now I yeah, do. Yeah, it's it's an episode of Transformers about
1: euthanasia. Um well, medically assisted suicide
2: basically. Yeah.
1: Um you know, I like the know joke that... from Futurama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for those of you who don't know, um in Beast Wars there's this notion of protoforms. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, In Transformers in general there's the notion of protoforms and um what happened was Uh, the Maximals were piloting a research class ship known as the Axelon. Uh Um, And as they're
2: traveling... Here I cut out several minutes of John's explanation. I will insert an abridged version at the end of our episode for those of you who are interested. And if you are not, please feel free to skip to the end of that episode and reevaluate your life choices.
1: But... There's a lot to it. It's a very complicated episode. It makes me feel things. <laughs> um, but then again, every episode of Beast Wars makes me feel things. So, you know. Yeah. So I just talked for – I feel there for six minutes
2: on just explaining the plot of Beast Wars. So there's that. Okay. Yeah, but thankfully um, <clears throat> corporate did say they want us to become more and more specific and reduce the number of listeners to the point – where it's exclusively three people, including us, that get the jokes. So I should start
1: talking about Telos then.
2: Oh, yeah. Telos Principle or Telos? No, Telos,
1: the the book. The comic uh, book. Oh, yeah. I love Telos. Yeah. If you don't know what Telos is, search it. Uh-huh. It's T-E-L-L-O-S. It's a phenomenal book, uh, comic book. I recommend it to everyone. I have every issue. I have them all in trade. I have a signed copy by the author. I love, I love Telos. Oh yeah. He's uh, also from the Hudson Valley. So
2: yeah. Uh, after that, I will say, is that the same? No, it can't be the mask of the red death comic that we no, read in no. school. Different guy. Okay. Um, I'm going to withhold all of my information about bandsaw blades that I was going to uh, uh talk about. Oh, he's holding up. It's, Okay, it's not it, blown out now. I oh, Look at that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's I got it signed when I was like a kid. Right on. Um it says "To John, very nice meeting you." <laughs> <laughs> so, I have yeah. uh, in my office I have all the things that I've ever gotten signed. Mm-hmm. Um I've got a script signed by Simon Furman. I've got a script I got the uh, Telos issue 3 signed by the author. Um, I got a Weird Al signature somewhere in here, and I have, um, downstairs I have a CD signed by Stan Bush. Gotcha. And the main reason I have that CD signed by Stan Bush is because I saw Stan Bush and he looked sad. Uh Uh-huh. Because no one was visiting him at, at BotCon.
2: Uh, for those of you who are unsure of who Simon Furman is that John just sort of, like, casually mentioned by name without listing what he's known for, uh, Transformers. He's cool. Yeah. It was it, it's a signed script
1: for Beast Wars 1 Dreamwave which never happened. Yeah. Um it read really cool. The dude was awesome. He's mm-hmm. British. Mhm. So he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean the, it, it's the Gavin effect, right? Yeah. Uh, people love Gavin of uh, Rooster Teeth fame mm-hmm. because he's British and people will Violently defend Gavin. Oh, (laughs) like violently.
2: People like grapes. All I'm saying. People like grapes. All I'm saying. So,
1: I think I think ten minutes is more than enough of me vamping about random stuff that's in my room.
2: Unless you want me to talk about more.
1: I mean, I got Godzilla DHS.
2: Whoa! No! No! Okay, Godzilla (laughs) is for another episode. Godzilla (laughs) is another episode. Well Godzilla is definitely an episode of this
1: podcast. All on its own. I'm gonna do an episode about Godzilla. Like, that's already a foregone conclusion. Uh I know it's not he's not a cryptid and no one believes he's real, Mm -hmm. except in my heart I do.
2: (laughs) Oh man.
1: That's all I got. Yeah. That was the bit.
2: (laughs) But Godzilla 3 was bad. There's I So you said It hurt my soul. This is Godzilla three of the animated Godzilla uh, uh, movies, not necessarily the third Godzilla. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Third Godzilla movie was Godzilla versus King Kong, and that was phenomenal. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, that's why I was clarifying, right? Because people be like, "Holy!" They'd be like, "What are you talking about?" I mean,
1: I've got a copy of King Kong versus Godzilla right here, so you know. Yeah. Like, I've got, (laughs) I have like three copies of this movie. Yeah, it's a good movie.
2: Yeah, a lot of the Godzillas are are just good movies or not necessarily good, but they're good because they're not necessarily good movies. Except for
1: Godzilla Raids again. No, no, no. Uh, not, no. Don't
2: say it's Destroy just... All Monsters.
1: No, it's not Destroy All Monsters, but it was the other one. You can't uh-huh.
2: say it's uh, the one with Biolante because every time someone says Biolante, they say it different Biolante, Biollante, Biolante it's, it's the whole movie. There's zero so, consistency. There's zero right. consistency. As much as I want to talk about Godzilla, we have to get back that to That took me so far out of the movie. We have to get back to what? Skinwalkers. Oh, shit. Okay, we're, we're literally 11 minutes and 30. Into, <laughs> I didn't even into realize we were doing Skinwalkers Part 2. All right, hang on. I thought we were gonna do that. Do we want to do Skinwalkers Part Two, or do we want to do my stuff? We can do whatever. I've got both of them prepared, so we could do Part Two, or we could do your stuff. Either way is fine. I can do my stuff. Okay. Let's let's cut this realization that we made a mistake out. Brandon here. Nope. I don't think it's a mistake. I think it's it's reality podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess we're just being true. So.
1: I forgot to make an episode joke this time. Um so we're going to call this um Yeah, that's why I didn't
2: th- jump in with like welcome to, you
1: know. <laughs> oh boy. Wow. Man, I got so excited talking about Godzilla. Oh, I could tell. Transformers. Actually, you know what? You might need um, to tuck that under your belt. We're going to call this we're going to call this Cryptid Wars. Cryptid, okay. Um, it's it's a podcast where John talks about a different cryptid every week, but he frames it in the context of how Beast Wars can teach us more about that cryptid. Uh huh. Um, So, you know, like, for example, we can learn a little bit more about the Kraken through uh, Clawjaw's arc um, uh-huh. in the comics. Yeah. So uh, Clawjaw, of course, is the squid-based Transformer. He was recolored into E-card um, with Taco Tank. <laughs> he got different uh <laughs> where's our money has bro? Yeah, I
2: wish. <laughs> um so anywho, I'm John. I'm Brandon.
1: And in actuality we're Cryptopedia. Um, uh, this episode's a little different. Yeah. Uh so the different part about this episode yeah is it was originally going to be more like the skimwalker episode where we cover skimwalkers in general yeah um but and here's the big but yeah it ended up being um it ended up being there was so much content about the one thing <gasps> yeah that i literally just made it about that one thing and i'm gonna cover the more general case in a future episode oh yeah L- wait another two-parter uh eventually i don't know if i'm gonna immediately do the second part yeah immediately after yeah Cause that's pretty dope. Well, there's some stuff about it, but yeah. we're going to go into that. Um, So this particular creature,
2: uh, it only had one sighting. Well, of this iteration. Okay. I like this. I like it when there's like more, like there's always more, but there's not always more. It depends how you say it, but I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, this version, there was only the, the, the this one sighting. This is a very discreet creature. Okay. Um I got you. It wears its hoodie up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it, yeah. it it goes to the bank. Um it gets yelled at by the tellers a lot though. Why would it get yelled at by the tellers? Because it's got its
2: hoodie up. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't uh, that's bad. Just don't. It's bad manners. Yeah.
1: You gotta you gotta put your hoodie you gotta take your hoodie down. Take those sunglasses off, Unibomber. Yeah. Just, just stop doing that, Ted.
2: Yeah. That and uh, banks, you got to get your stickers right. Every bank I walk into, I don't walk into a lot of different banks, but every time I go into one, I'm a different height. And y'all got to get that down. That's important. That's
1: true. That is important. Also, 7 Eleven's got to get that down. Actually, I think 7 Eleven's might have it down better than banks. Probably. Like, probably. not even joking. I've yeah. been in more gas stations that have that down. Anywho, so the first sighting was in <laughs> April 1980. Or, uh-huh. Wow, not 1980. 1890. 1890. Okay. Um its region was Tombstone, Arizona, and if I tell you its taxonomy, I'll give it away. Okay.
2: So I'm becoming what is suspicious. Your, what is your guess first? Uh 1890 I uh uh-huh. Tombstone, so, Arizona. So, so this is um this is I'm thinking. So this is like
1: Teapot Dome. 30, scale, this think, is thirty
2: years now. after Skinwalkers Part One. Yep. Tune in next week for part two. Um So that's my base point, because I'm not super familiar with that point in time. Um
1: Oh, Teapot Dome was way later. Okay. Oh, was it? Yeah. That
2: was I literally have no, no context. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, and outside of eighteen sixty that's a close Literally, Skinwalkers is my closest reference. So here's the thing for me: like after, yeah. after, after the Civil War, yeah,
1: right. I always imagine everything as like a whole sort of general mishmash. Yeah. Until the 20s, like not even joking. Yeah. Like that's my. Well, actually, no. Uh 1912. I imagine World War One. Mm-hmm. 1920s, World War Two. Then history starts to get increasingly more discreet. Yeah. Um, and actually, weirdly, before the Civil War, it's weirdly discreet too, uh-huh, but that period between the Civil War and World War One is like my mystery zone
2: oh, oh yeah, totally so yeah. i'm gonna I do have a guest that I'm gonna make, okay, but it's based off of the music video that you posted to the Facebook group, the cryptopedia Facebook group, yep, yep, and knowing where my brain goes, and knowing it's you having mm-hmm. posted the song. Wild, Wild West. Wiki Wiki. By, by Will Smith. James West, Desperado. Uh, That's and, all I can remember. Wiki Wiki, Wild, Wild. Okay, so let me, one, that's a sin what you just did. And two, I believe you meant Wiki Wild, Wiki, Wiki Wild, Wild, Wild West. Jim west, west. Desperado Rough Rider. Mm-hmm. No, you ain't <laughs> no you don't want to nada. Actually I'm gonna stop the stroke here because yeah. it's real bad. Jackalope, that's yeah. where I'm going. We see you posted Wild Wild West. I don't know anything about the time period, but you posted Wild Wild West, and I was like, okay, Wild West, what's it gotta be? We got spittoons, we got whiskey, we got jackalope. So boom, so, jackalope. I'll I'll
1: give you the taxonomy now, because you made your first guess.
2: Yes. It's a bird. Oh shit. Okay. So now, now, what I'm does now, that change your
1: answer? Hang on.
2: Hang on. You just shook my, you, you shook my world, man. I did. Uh, I knew it was the the jackalope. <gasps> That's where it was. I knew it was the jackalope. We're in the eight. Okay. So we're 30 years after the skinwalker era that the traditional skinwalker era that I did in the, in mm-hmm. the first episode, you're talking a bird you're talking Arizona, which is southwest. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say Firebird. And if that's not it, that's my only...
1: I I think you're thinking of the right creepi- cre- creature. Phoenix? Um, Wait, huh? Phoenix, Arizona? Is it a phoenix? No. Is it a phoenix? It's, it's Tombstone, Arizona. Oh, it, God.
2: Okay, I'm done. It's a Thunderbird. A, it's a Thunderbird. So,
1: although this is a very particular iteration of the Thunderbird. Ho Tombstone Thunderbird, or Arizona Thunderbird as some people have called it. it was a thunder and yes, joke. That was a that was a good thunder catch joke. Okay, I good. approve of that. I approve of the I, that's I'm don't worry. I was going to stop and just just take a moment and just really, really focus in on the fact that you made a good, good thunder catch joke. You need to be respected for that Thundercat joke. It's a good
2: one. It was so good, and I know you knew it because you have sight beyond sight. I do. Yeah. I also have a Mumra figure in a bin in the
1: basement that I was planning <laughs> on. So, um, I might be selling that soon, actually. Ooh, all right. Just because I, I don't need it. I yeah. literally don't need it. I don't have a display for it. And it's from the remake, and its articulation is kind of meh, and I just I yeah. don't really need it. It doesn't. It's that whole, you know, bring you joy thing. It doesn't really bring me joy anymore. No? no? Meh. Not really. Year, do
2: you have an original uh, series of Mumra?
1: No, it's it's from the uh, it's from the, the remake. Remember when we got the cartoon got Network your, remake.
2: Yeah, when you got yeah. your six inch. Yeah. I
1: think I got. I think I got mine. Or your six inch uh, liono. I got mine around the same time you got that. Okay.
2: So. I um, dig it. You know, it's not bad. I I really don't. I'm not opposed to the remake. Oh, the remake was phenomenal. Yeah. It was very well animated.
1: Um, I loved Chitara's design. I liked um Liono's design wily kit and wily cat i always hate they're kind of yeah Um, they've always been meh you know i'm glad they took snarf's voice away
2: i am not that was my biggest problem with snarf really (laughs) (laughs) my biggest problem with the whole thing was what they did with snarf (laughs) Uh,
1: i guess we differ then because snarf snarf was rough Uh uh-huh i loved Now this is becoming a Thundercat podcast. It's it's 20 minutes
2: of we just talk about Transformers and Thundercats.
1: (laughs) I guess we're owned by Hasbro.
2: Yeah. Which is fine by me. I I mean, mean, I like Hasbro. I usually hate marketing departments, but if you're Hasbro, right on. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, wait. So now here's the thing. I don't think Thundercats was Hasbro. Who was it? Uh, I want to say it was Mattel. Was it? All right. So it's owned by Warner Brothers.
2: Okay. But it it looks like it is Mattel.
1: Yeah. Cause well, I, I just realized that cause I was looking at big bad toy store again.
2: Um, because
1: I'm a monster yeah. and, uh, um, there's a, a Mattel like
2: Selects thing. Oh, so, did you see the Mezco Toys fourteen-inch Thundercats Mumra action figure?
1: I did not, not yet. It's oh, it's
2: It's one hundred and fifty dollars, but it's glorious. It's M E Z C O Toys, and it's uh, the fourteen. 14- yeah, Brandon. Okay, I get it. I was being yeah. specific. <laughs> I, I know, I know what Mezco
1: is. You, you don't have to. Thank you, thank you for the specificity.
2: Yeah. The articulation is terrible, but it's just glorious looking. It's oh, literally God. only shoulder, it, like it's fixed joint with the exception of shoulders and maybe legs. I can't tell from the picture, but it's so good looking. Well, it
1: was originally forty. Was it? But, but it's gone up aftermarket. Oh man! Oh, this Lino is very cool. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> I to issue a formal apology to our, <laughs> our listeners, because it's this is the latest we've ever recorded an episode. Uh-huh. It's 7.33 p.m. I had to drive. There's a snowstorm out there. It's actually snowing a lot now. Is it? Oh, man. It was a long day. So, anywho. This is like um,
2: eight hours after we normally record.
1: <laughs> yes, it <laughs> actually is. So... Uh, I was planning on doing the thunderbird for a while in this one in particular because um i read a weird u.s article about it years and years ago okay um but recently uh our patreon subscriber Clay Sinclair oh did put in a request for the Thunderbird. Woo! all right cool so, right on um so this is this is a listener request yeah and if you request an episode Um, We'll be more than happy to call you out Uh live that you're a nerd who loves cryptids. Yeah, but don't worry. It's okay because we're nerds who love cryptids. Yeah,
2: so (laughs) if that's not obvious at this point in time. (laughs) yeah. So uh,
1: this is a very particular episode Uh on the Tombstone Thunderbird. Okay, not the
2: Ford Thunderbird. Originally, no. uh, released to the public in 1955. There's your fun car fact for cool guys. Carfact. Did you actually
1: know that off the top of your head?
2: No, that was a, that was I had to look it up. Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So a few things about this though. Okay. Uh, this episode we will not be going into the Native American version of Thunderbird. Oh, nice. deliberately. Okay um because there's a lot more to that yeah and uh i started researching it but the context of that is so big and there's so much to it that it's worth doing a whole i want i want to do a whole episode on it and i don't want to um reduce the value of that lore and i don't want to misrepresent it so i have to do more research i have to do more readings um i found a lot of cool things and honestly, it might not just be one episode. It might be several episodes. That's because, pretty awesome. Because the the Northwest Native Americans have one tra- oral tradition, the Northeast have a different one, and the Plains have a, yet another one.
2: That's so pretty de- cool.
1: Depending on uh, which region of the United States the the tribe was from, or yeah. Canada for that matter, um, their their oral tradition will vary mm-hmm. in the types of. The nature of their thunderbird is different, and also, even though um, historically speaking, people have made the the connection of modern thunderbird sightings to the Native American thunderbird sighting, uh-huh. I don't know if it's an entirely uh, genuine connection to make. Okay, and I okay. think it's I think it's kind of in the same way that Sasquatch is an appropriation of Native American myths. Yeah, I feel like. Thunderbird is appropriation of Native American myths. Gotcha. Um so in my context I consider this a modern or western Thunderbird.
2: Okay.
1: Not a Native American Thunderbird cuz all the all the context makes it seem like it's more like a part of our um and by that our I mean American tradition oral tradition yeah. of, and talking about thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, this is the first sighting of the modern Thunderbird um and actually when i was starting to do research for this episode i literally went to the wikipedia article for thunderbird yeah looked at the sources and found this article and then i went on a deep dive on this article and it ended up being uh nine pages of content holy crap right on so
2: i like it when there's a lot of good stuff when you can do like a deep dive and it's not just pointing at random BS or circularly referencing itself, where you're like, oh, and you can really dig in.
1: Well, we're going to get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah. Um, this was on Saturday, April 26th, 1890. Okay. This article was published in the Tombstone Epitaph. Uh huh. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'm going to go over a little bit about Tombstone in a bit, but I think the, the article is more interesting than Tombstone. So, yeah. the article was titled, A Strange Winged Monster Discovered and Killed on the Huachucha Desert. That's Good definitely pronunciation. not how it's pronounced. That's I better don't... than
2: I would have done. You've heard me. You've. <laughs> I... That's true. Okay,
1: so, <clears throat> let's get to it. Mm-hmm. A winged monster resembling a huge alligator with an extremely elongated tail and an immense pair of wings was found on the desert between Whetstone and Wachucha Mountains last Sunday by two ranchers who were returning home from the Huachuchas. The creature was evidently greatly exhausted by a long flight and, when discovered, was able to fly but a short distance at a time. So, uh, we've got basically, we've got a reptilian monster flying through the air so
2: far. Yeah, I'm, pictu- um, well, I'm picturing basically what they wrote—an alligator with yeah. a long tail and wings. That'd be pretty um, cool. They didn't specifically say not feathered wings, but I don't think they had to. But it's yeah, it's that's well, pretty a pretty neat creature they're describing. Yeah. Um. So after the first shock of wild
1: amazement had passed, the yeah. two men were who are on horseback and armed with Winchester rifles.
2: We were, should do a Winchester episode for one of the. that's on my list whether it's like a real like a real real episode or a patreon but that'd be a cool one for someone to do so
1: i would love i would love if we ever did like live show stuff yeah i'm gonna go out of my way to do a live show near winchester (laughs) and that will be the episode yeah that'd be without a doubt yeah um which i also made a footnote here um are there thunderbirds haunting the Winchester mystery house cuz no. if they kill this bird
2: wouldn't there be well, one haunting oh. it? Ooh. Cuz that's the whole it, thing, right? That's why she built the house, yeah. Yeah, cuz she was haunted by thunderbirds. Well, not thunderbirds, she was haunted by all the people who were killed by Winchester rifles. And if the Win- if a thunderbird was spoiler alert was killed by a Winchester rifle, she'd be haunted by that too. That's true. It might it might tweak your brain enough for you continuously build a weird house for ghosts. I mean, listen, if a giant
1: alligator was following me around 24-7 with wings, I think I might.
2: Uh, It happened to Donkey Kong. That is true,
1: although he has a (laughs) jetpack. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, they regained sufficient courage to pursue the monster, and after an exciting chase of several miles by horseback, Mm -hmm. um... They succeeded in getting near enough to open fire with their rifles and wounding it. The creature then turned on the men, but owing to its exhausted condition, they were able to keep out of its way, and after a few well-directed shots, the monster partially rolled over and remained motionless. The men cautiously approached, their horses snarting with terror, and found that the creature was dead.
2: So, okay, so there's a a physical specimen Mm -hmm. that has been seen by the public and examined and is okay. well documented because this is clearly something that's never been seen before or recognized as some extant creature. So it's a big deal, right? It's well documented. Yeah. It's a oh, no. well documented big this, deal. This is a huge deal based
1: on this. Cause they have
2: literally the thing that I've been
1: moaning about for yeah. 20 episodes, type specimens. This is a type specimen. Yeah. So, um, but I first want to take a moment to acknowledge that humanity has this endless capacity to destroy things that are different. Yeah. Because literally the first thought that these two ranchers had was, all right, I got a gun. Let me shoot this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Like, that's literally the first thought that popped in their mind. Um. Also... Something very important that I noticed when I was reading through this the first time. Uh huh. Um, the writer really goes out of his way to mention the fact that this this creature had a long flight, and oh, there's no exhausted. way to know.
2: There's yeah. no way to know if it had a long flight. If it's if it's, uh, there are things I could consider like act, like having not seen something before that you could look at it and go, oh, it's freaking tired. But you yeah. have no way of knowing the length of the flight.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I, I kind of want to take this as a moment to kind of go over the notion of skepti- skeptical thinking. Yeah. Um, because, all right, so, just because a crazy new creature is defined yeah. doesn't mean that I'm instantly not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. Right? First things first is I, you know, uh, y- you have to verify, right? Yeah. Don't blindly believe that it's true, but then also don't discount it immediately. Uh-huh. Um. But... When you're reading a story, uh, absolutisms like this, where it's something along these lines, um, they should be red flags for you. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, And if you read something like this, it begins to smell like embellishment. Mm -hmm. So, in my experience, hoaxes use something that I call vague specifics. Right? Mm -hmm. So, this is a vague specific. Because... They're saying that it has a long flight and is exhausted, right? Yeah. So, it's a ve- that's a very specific thing, right? And uh, in this context, it now places the the notion that this Thunderbird is a distance flyer. Yeah. Right? And it's exhausted from a long trip, which, since we're humans, mm-hmm. us taking a long trip, we instantly begin to as- associate our own experience with this creature, right? Mm-hmm. So... Now we've anthropomorphized this giant alligator, winged alligator. Yeah. So So now we're placing our pre-existing conditions, our pre-existing knowledge onto this creature. Yeah. And if you're writing a hoax or if you're embellishing a story and you want people to believe what you're saying, the first thing that you do – and I don't know if this author did it consciously, subconsciously, anything like that. One of the first things you do is you tell people, "Hey, here's something you can hang on to. Yeah, here's a kernel. Here's a kernel of something that you can see and mm-hmm. you can understand. Yeah. Right? So, the problem is in the context of this story, since he's created this notion of a long-distance flyer, mm-hmm. long-distance flyers don't get exhausted from
2: flying. <laughs> that's that's kind of their thing, right? Yeah. So,
1: um, if you take close consideration and you start to look into like what modern science tells you about flyers, you yeah. start to see the 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 story already in the first like two paragraphs begins to fall apart. Yeah. So, um, first, how does the creature author know that the creature flew so far as we just said? Yeah. Right. Huge, huge red flag. So, and as I said, it's either a, a uh, purposeful embellishment or some kind of rationalization on the part of the author, yeah, um we just simply don't know, and once again, why is the creature exhausted? yeah, right uh if you look at albatross mm-hmm. which are capable of flying extremely wide distances, like one of them flew the entire circumference of the of the planet, yeah, in the span of like forty days mm-hmm. so they're extremely good at doing this. <laughs> um, yeah, like extremely good at doing this, and because of that, they're not using that much energy. Because think about that for a second, right? They're flying forty continuous days. Yeah, yeah. They're hunting, but the amount of energy that they're getting from hunting is not that great compared to how much energy hypothetically they're spending.
2: We'd uh, have to while well yeah. in flight. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So, it, assuming that they'd have to spend the same amount of energy as a human would to travel that distance. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. we know that they're adapted for long distances. Yeah. Right? In fact, I did some research. Uh-huh. Taking off and landing expends more energy for an albatross than it's flying around the flight. world. Yeah. Yeah. So, that that kind of makes the whole thing... A little bit questionable and not only yeah. that but albatross are by bird species standards uh, yeah. among the largest within a wingspan of 11 feet roughly yeah they're big boys which, which is huge that's huge for birds yeah um and not only that but if this creature was a distance flyer and it was taking off and crash landing and taking off and crash landing got that yeah they'd be wasting way more energy. There's no way that it would have lasted several miles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, though, it doesn't necessarily discredit the author mm-hmm. that they've made these this assumption, because it could be that the author is anthropomorphizing the creature and applying its own understanding to it on yeah. its own. So we do have to continue reading, and we do have to continue trying to verify but mm-hmm. because of that, we need more monu- We need more proof that this is a thing, right? Yeah, and we need to do more research and more thinking about how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. So let's continue with the article. Ah, okay. They proceeded to make an examination and found it measured about ninety-two feet in length. Holy crap! Yeah, that's big. Yeah. So. Uh, to the american listeners out there that's a third of a football field yeah so that's a truly massive creature um and then then the the article goes on to say something that i really don't understand at all yeah um and the greatest diameter was about 50 inches so maybe they're measuring around its body well but that would be the circumference right I'm thinking. I'm thinking. They mean like the thickness. Yeah. It's just I've never seen the term diameter used in reference to like an
2: animal. Yeah, that's like, a little bit weird. Like I maybe like a, a
1: jellyfish. I've seen that or an octopus or something like that. But a a bird. I've never really considered it. Uh, you know, in the context of. You know, that. Yeah. Also. Um, 50 inches is. That's. That's, that's half a
2: hundred inches. That's, that's what you got right there. That's half a
1: hundred inches. That is half a hundred inches. Yeah. You are correct.
2: Um, that's four feet.
1: Yeah. That's a four foot uh, boy. Yeah. Like. That's big. That's a, that's a child in height. Yeah. That's. Just imagine that. So. Uh, assuming a spherical thunderbird. No, a, a, a cylindri- <laughs> assume
2: a cylindrical thunderbird. Or a sphere. You can have a
1: circumference. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Imagine, if you will, okay. uh, a cross-section of mm, four feet. That's probably like, what, a nine-year-old? Sure, I guess. Yeah, it's something like a nine-year-old. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, like, say, four nine-year-olds standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And there's about, mm, let's say,
2: 150. Mm-hmm. Like, rows. That's about the yeah. size of this creature. I was thinking in giant jigglypuffs, but okay. That that works, too. Well, tells us Clefairy.
1: Uh, Clefairy's a nightmare creature. She's Byron. big, right? Bigger yeah. than you'd think. Let's see. Clefairy, uh... Well, Clefairy's smaller, and is a nightmare creature. Uh, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Clefairy's two feet tall, which is still a lot. And uh, yep, Clefable is four feet tall. Okay. So yeah. imagine, imagine, uh, what I say? Let's, let's say five hundred Clefairy, Clefable. Yeah,
2: five hundred Clefable. Imagine five hundred Clefable. 500 yeah. Clefable. That's that, crazy. That's this Thunderbird. That's ridiculous. That's easier for me in a picture than nine year olds. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um
1: The monster had only two feet, these being situated a short distance in front of where the wings joined the body. Okay. The head, as near as they could judge, was about eight feet long. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big old head. Yeah. Um, and apparently the jaws were set thickly with strong, sharp teeth. Of course its they eyes were. its eyes were as large as a dinner plate and protruded about halfway from the head.
2: It's okay. That's a little bit weird, but okay. So this is a massive creature. Yeah, they're describing something like really giant.
1: Yeah, like this is this is like a megafauna that I've never Ever even begun to dream up? Yeah, this person's created. Um, it also kind of reminds me of. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the 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 pterodactyl from Pee Wee's a little bit. Yeah, like because the that had like the bulging eyes and all uh-huh. that stuff. Um, but it's it once again, because it seems as though this is my lot in life. It sounds like another pterosaur yeah <laughs> yeah um for those of you who don't know go back and listen to what was it episode 15 i think sure
2: oh well, what are we uh i don't know we 20. 20 18 17 maybe 16
1: yeah actually it might be 16 because i do yeah. the even i do the even episodes uh yeah, John yells for an hour is the name of the episode. If you want to know, yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm not gonna go into to pterosaurs in extreme depth like I did because you know people listen to these episodes in a row and I don't know if they want to hear me yelling about pterosaurs. Two episodes. people need to have fun. They had to have fun. Yeah. Um. So I did some math. Okay. So I took the estimate for what Quetzalcoatlus was which is roughly which is the largest uh pterosaur that exists yeah um and its description roughly matches and i figured it'd be relatively close so i did an initial back of the envelope as i'm writing this calculation and it's probably using that it's around uh 1320 pounds okay so now let me tell you how i got that um, it's based on the Wikipedia weight of 440 pounds, which is the lower end weight of Quetzalcoatlus in modern estimations. Okay. Um, and that's for a 10 meter long individual. Yeah. This creature is about, you know, three times that size. Yeah. So I did a rough estimate of, you know, multiplying by three. Then yeah. I thought about it. So that's not a good estimate either. That's yeah. on the extreme low end for the weight of this creature which is already about the weight of a small plane. Yeah. Like a Cessna. It's about half the weight of a Cessna. hmm So I remembered that there's this thing called the, the uh, cube square law. Yeah. And uh, the way that works is a cube is – once you scale a cube, the the ratio of the cube is not necessarily the ratio of – it's it's not – so if you – double the size of a cube like on all of its axes yeah the volume of that cube is not twice no yeah so if you have if you have a cube that's one by one by one and then you scale it to uh i think it was the example was like three by three by three yeah um you have to multi you have to take the square of the cross-sectional area and multiply it by the depth or something like that yeah which ultimately ends up being um so the way that works is in the case of a cube that's one to three you'd take uh nine which is the square of the cross-sectional dimensions yeah and then multiply by the depth which is three Mm because that's the ratio um and you get 27 as the the volume yeah which is like inches uh cubed yep so if we apply that math to the weight of this creature, it becomes almost 12,000 pounds. <laughs> uh, I'm looking it's this girthy. up right now. It's girthy. Yeah. Uh, it's so a an, big boy. Yeah. I want to I wanna point out an African bush element elephant, which I just pulled up the Wikipedia on this. Yeah. Um, because I was doing research on this before and – I realized how the, cal- the calculation worked as I was out today. Yeah. Uh, an African bush element,
2: el- element... I like the idea of an African bush elemental way better than an elephant. Uh, it
1: weighs about 10.4 tons. Okay. Now, uh, that's about 22,000 pounds. 23,000 pounds. Yeah. So... Using that knowledge, this is half as heavy as an elephant. In a yeah.
2: <laughs> um, The amount of lift it would require to stay aloft. Its wings would have been huge. Yeah. Huge. Uh, it. So,
1: keep in mind, it needs to generate about 12,000 pounds of lift with its wings. Yeah. And... That's obscene for a oh, yeah. creature with musculature, um, and on top of that, it needs more lift to take off than twelve thousand pounds.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's once you're up there, it's 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 easier, but taking off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's another story. Gravity. Yeah.
1: So, um, but wait, as Mister Popiel would say, there's more. Yeah,
2: I like this. Yeah.
1: So. They had some difficulty in measuring the wings. Oh, really? Did they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they measured at 78 feet, making the total length from tip to tip 160 feet. Okay. The The wings were composed of a thick and nearly transparent membrane. Okay, those
2: words usually don't go together, but continue.
1: Yeah. I, well, no, no. I want to take a moment. That's
2: bonkers. Yeah. So for okay. thick and transparent, that means that the flesh has to be close to clear, which is not a
1: good. Um, what I would say, evolutionarily speaking, that's bad. Well, because... that, that
2: might be pretty cool. <clears throat>
1: well, no, but... it's terrible though. Yeah. Because you're if you have no melanin or anything to reflect the sun's rays, that creature probably has cancer.
2: Yeah, but it probably scared everything, right? Imagine something with clear skin. You just see, like, skull and, like, blood and all that flowing through it and, like, a heart, like, a beating heart. That'd be terrifying. I mean, it would be metal as all get up and go. Yeah, like super metal.
1: But most of the time, creatures that live in an area that would be direct sunlight, like, this would have to live, um, they need some kind of pigmentation to protect them from sunlight. Yeah. Generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Just as a rule. Um, anywho, they were also devoid of feathers or hair, right? Okay. So, kind of imagine the... we're Going back to roping territory at this point. Oh, okay. Um, Take a deep breath. Yeah. The entire body also had no hair or feathers. Um, The skin of the body was comparatively easy... It was smooth and easily penetrated by a bullet. So... The way I read that is the wings were hard to puncture, but the skin was real super easy. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Um, so let me take a moment and just note that the largest wingspan of any discovered creature species, which is, once again, Quetzalcoatlus, is about a fifth of this length (laughs) at 10 meters. (laughs) Yeah. So... I also then started researching and I was curious because I wanted to know mm-hmm. uh the wingspan of this creature is just a smidge smaller than a 747. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it's still smaller than Rodan but uh it makes the Rodan look like a uh like a finch. At this yeah. Point. Um I legitimately don't believe a creature that has these dimensions can
2: live terrestrially. Like, Oh no, there's probably a reason why we don't have anything like that about, but like, I legitimately
1: don't think that it can physically exist. And then once again, this is, this is using the, the old model of the pterosaur. Yeah. um, Which I did do research and look into pterosaurs were known and they were using the bat wing model for the pterosaur where the 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 phalanges were a part of the um uh the wings for the pterosaur which has Mm -hmm. been through empirical evidence and fossil record has been shown to be a false model so we don't use that Um, gotcha but yeah so it's once again kind of sounds suspicious yeah however yes the unnamed men did take a sample. Ooh, okay. So, the men cut off a small portion of the tip of one wing and took it home with them. Okay. Late last night, which would have been, uh, because keeping in mind this was on a Saturday, so it would have been a Friday night. Okay. uh, One of them arrived in this city, which was Tombstone, because Mm -hmm. it's been a while since we mentioned the name of the city, um, for supplies and to make the necessary preparations to skin the creature. Okay. When the high... When the hide will be sent east for examination by eminent scientists of the day. Uh-huh. The finder uh, returned early this morning, accompanied by several prominent men, yeah. also unnamed, uh, <laughs> who will endeavor to bring the strange creature to the city before it is mutilated. Too important
2: to be named, uh, mm-hmm. those men were. You, They're, you, prominent, yeah. They're prominent, though. They're prominent. Um, so,
1: this is big, because... If the creature was in fact butchered, if there was a skin sample, which, you know, having just a skin sample doesn't necessarily mean anything because, you know, if you don't have anything to compare it to or you don't have any of the surrounding information, and if you do tanning and all that kind of stuff, it will affect the, the nature of it, yeah. right? And the things we can learn from it. Uh-huh. Um, but because this is 1890... There might have been a photo of this corpse. Oh yeah? Because it's 1890.
0: But first, <laughs> we, need to, we
2: need to go into a little bit of
1: tombstone.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Today's episode is brought to you by Dirty Urns, waste management. Dirty Earn specializes in the discreet pickup and disposal of all residential waste. Never worry about your neighbors waking up to an unexpected pickup again. Our private and discreet service will accept any refuse, no questions asked. Earn and his tight-lipped employees will provide a disposal bin smaller than an average sedan. It is bear-proof, which means it is lockable and will not allow any unwanted stench to escape. Provide a pickup location on the purchase order And they will get your waste from any location Whether it be behind the house As not to annoy the neighbors Or any other discreet location And haul it away like it never happened Now back to the show Let's samurai's guy Pump up the power
1: Let's kick some gigabunt Surf's up (laughs) Wait what What are you saying Ah just some stuff the the eldritch summoning ritual to be cyberized oh okay good yeah. <laughs> oh man oh that actually reminds me talking about yeah. Eldric things i found a uh a manga well after after i finished uh the promised neverland yeah i found a manga called emperor and i yeah it's about a girl who finds an emperor penguin in her refrigerator and she adopts it as her pet yeah that's it <laughs> um it's a phenomenal thing Lisa has entered the room and is torturing jiro
2: <laughs> that's appropriate cook- that's yeah, totally he, the right thing to do
1: he's totally befuddled by my uh my my sound baffle that i have set up
2: yeah so
1: anywho We should probably get back to this because we've already spent at least 30 minutes talking about uh, pop culture. Yeah. So before we get into what happened Uh to the Tombstone Thunderbird. Yeah. We need to go into what is going on in Tombstone in 1890. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Tombstone was a silver mining town in the Old West. It Mm -hmm. had incorporated in 1881. But. At the time of the article, it had fallen into hard times. Okay. According to True West Magazine, which I believe because if you're writing a magazine about the West and anything bad happens in it, uh, it probably actually happened uh-huh. because people like to romanticize the Wild West. The wiki so, wild West. The wiki-wiki-wild. Um. So after the infamous uh gunfight at the okay corral which happened the year that the town incorporated yeah a uh an earthquake hit the town and it flooded the silver mines Uh uh-huh um which they attempt to drain and it failed because a fire (laughs) broke out in the in the pump house (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's unfortunate and it, it literally reached a point where it was too expensive to try to pump it anymore so they stopped oh man um so this article was written from the perspective of a town in decline yeah at the, end of the day however in the tradition of the old west uh they had several bars of course of course they did proper. why would they yeah. Which is the proper proper response. Well, because, you know, you get in a gu- you get in a gunfight at one bar, and you get in a gunfight at another bar, and you get in a gunfight at the third bar. You still got the fourth bar to be, you know, to visit. Yeah. Um, they also, and this is the weirdest part to me, they hmm. had two competing newspapers. That's kind of weird. Yeah. They had the Nugget yeah. and the Epitaph, which okay. is the,
2: the one that the story was printed in. Uh-huh. Um. So, clearly, the Nugget had another article that's the same but competing, so it's better? Because that's how they work, right? So, it was only run in the epithet. That's weird. You'd think they would have both picked up on such a large event. Yeah, there was also no outreach from
1: the Chamber of Commerce, local government, anything.
2: Oh. In fact, uh,
1: there was never a follow-up article, either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay,
2: There's a, I'd say a flag of a dark, um, perhaps reddish color. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to quote someone because this is pretty much the best way of putting it. Uh, It's from a weird Arizona article by Troy Taylor. Okay. Um, The tombstone Thunderbird gave all the appearances of the tall tales that were often written in the Western newspaper of the year. Because okay. that's exactly what it smells like.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> it a great like story. There's, there's a little too much rye whiskey going around. Yeah. But you know what the weird part is? Yeah. The story doesn't end. What do you mean it doesn't end? They found a big old bird. They measured it. And apparently there's no follow-up. That's not the ending of the story, though. And okay.
1: it's kind of insane what happens next. So. <laughs> uh-huh uh half a century later in nineteen thirty a story the story gets reprinted by Horace Bell in his his book on the Old West Coast. Unfortunately, since it's nineteen thirty not in the public domain, I can't find it right because <laughs> uh uh-huh. that's what happens to these books same thing happened with the between two papas all that stuff. it's just a problem yeah. Mickey Mouse, you're a monster, yeah, blame Mickey. You've made my life, you've made my life so much harder. So much harder. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted that in this book, I found nobody mentioning any mention of a photograph or a follow-up to this
2: article. Okay. Which
1: is key. And also, the uh, the epitaph has gone back back through their records yeah. and haven't found a, a follow-up either.
2: Oh, okay. Well, at least they did go back and look. Yeah. I mean, that's that's actually good.
1: Yeah. yeah, so once again, silence for thirty-three years. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-three. I don't know what it is, but talk yeah. about this particular cryptid, literally explodes.
2: Oh,
1: right on! Yeah. So, um, in Saga Magazine, a story—the story just resurfaces through the lens of Jack Pearl, and he he adds a new embellishment to it. And, Uh you know, here it is. So the Tombstone Epitaph published a photograph in 1886 of a huge bird nailed to a wall. Uh The newspaper said that it had been shot by two prospectors and hauled into town by a wagon. Lined up in front of the bird were six grown men with their arms outstretched fingertip to fingertip. The creature measured about 36 feet from wingtip to wingtip. Okay. So uh this is a really strange turn for this story because it's a 73 year old story at this point yeah why was it not mentioned in the publication in on the old west coast because mm-hmm. even though it's not 190 feet 36 feet is still a massive non-existent no type specimens exist bird yeah that's that's literally a pterodactyl yeah no it's or, huge or it's huge yeah Right? Why did knowledge of this this photograph disappear for seventy three years? Because it's not like we didn't have print. We literally yeah. have a photocopy of the original article. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't Tombstone saved from nearly becoming a ghost town in nineteen twenty three <laughs> by this bird?
2: <laughs> yeah, for the resurgence, I could say maybe because that's from sixty three. So what was it? It was 1930 to 19... So 33 years later. So that could be maybe even, like, partially attributed to, um, like, that's something someone would have heard when they were younger, like, pretty young. And then, you know, 33 years later, they're at the age when they're, like, writing for a newspaper and maybe talking with some friends of a similar age. And they bring back the same way we mentioned stuff from our childhood and be like, oh, yeah, the... uh. The, you know this or that or the other thing, and we go, oh, you know that was so cool. That could have been someone when, oh shit, I remember this thing about the bird. It'll be pretty cool, and then they just publish it, sort of like a 1963 nostalgia throwback to 1930.
1: I recognize what you're saying, but at the yeah. same time, I do feel like it would have been printed in the on, old, on the old West Coast book. Oh, it would that, have been. That's that's yeah. the kind of stuff that that, that sells books. Yeah. Right. Um, and I really feel like it's important to hammer home, why wasn't this issue of the the epitaph found, but the first edition, which carried the original story, really yeah. easy to find? Like, literally, I googled Tombstone Thunderbird and found <laughs> it in seconds. <laughs> yeah? So, okay. why? And then, to make matters even worse, uh-huh. another writer... H.M. Kramer wrote that the story was true and the photos had been published in newspapers across the country.
2: Oh, so you should have been able to find something.
1: I should have been able yeah. to find something. Yeah. I mean, well, I did find something, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. So uh, the editors of Fate, which was the magazine that he had published it in, also yeah. even believed that they had published the photo in the the past. <laughs> they looked through their archived issues and found nothing oh okay good (laughs) continuing in this trend a Fortean Times researcher Ivan T. Sanderson even claimed to have a photocopy of the photo but it was lost when he lent it to two associates come on
2: so (laughs) this story is just like what the hell yeah what's got everybody seems to be losing everything in a very convenient way.
1: It's it's a lot of convenient loss. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say.
2: So, to this day, Jack
1: Pearl's claim remains unverified. However, tons of people claim to have seen this photo. Oh, okay. It, myself included. Uh-huh. There's a part of me that remembers have, having seen it. Yeah. Right? But... It's likely to be one of the many fake photos of the Tombstone Thunderbird. And for uh Patreon subscribers, I've got a few pages and we're going to we're going to talk Brandon and I are going to riff on the, some of these pictures for a second.
2: Yeah, I mean there's I don't know what you mean by fake cuz there's clearly so, no way.
1: The first photo um it's not necessarily the Tombstone Thunderbird, but I think I saw an article claiming that it was. The Civil War is, one. Yeah, the Civil War one. Yeah, It's a bunch of uh, soldiers in Civil War uniforms. Uh, I think that's the – is that the south or the north? I
2: am, I'm really bad because <laughs> – I don't know. I'm going to say north because of the color of their shirts, but the south because of the color of their pants. Uh, yeah, I think it's the South because the South wore a blue,
1: uh, uniform. Yeah. Um, so some Southern soldiers are, <sighs> they've downed a thunder, uh, a, a pterosaur. Um, now there's a few problems, a few problems. Um, one, uh, the effect on the photo is clearly yeah. a Photoshop filter.
2: No, come like, on.
1: I literally think I could open up Photoshop and make this pictures filter instantaneously. Uh-huh. Um, second, Uh huh. the pterosaur is literally,
2: like, clearly fake. No, it's not. <laughs> it looks like it was painted. That's so real. Um, so,
1: and also, more importantly, it doesn't match the description that Jack Pearl had of a giant bird um, pinned to a, uh, pinned to a, whatchamacallit, uh, farmhouse, and six men had their arms outstretched. Yeah, there's six men in it, but their arms literally aren't outstretched to Uh show the the length of the bird.
2: So I I did a quick uh, bit of click and found that this specific photo was a publicity shot for the 2000 television series Freaky links, and they were um, okay. They were Civil War reenactors, and it was a prop Aerodactyl that was used in the show. Um, okay, yeah. So Lauren Coleman, point- by the way, did say that it was Lauren Coleman tracked it down and found the actual found the prop. Okay, yeah. Well, because uh,
1: uh, basically the problem is some people are claiming that this is fact. So you want to know um, the names of one of those people? Of course, it's John Wickcomb. <laughs> 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 We're gonna move on from this photo because now this is tainted. Yeah, I'm not even gonna touch this anymore. Nope. Okay, so uh, the next photo uh, is once again not a modern understanding of how a pterosaur works. Yeah. Um, also, the individuals are not have they don't have their hands outstretched. And um, they also don't have it pinned to a wall, so definitely not fake. Um, no, it's totally real. The the third one,
2: uh, it's it's hung to a wall, so they're I already the doing third better. One the
1: most, it's
2: like way at least way better than the first two.
1: Yeah, at the very least, it looks like it's a practical prop, and yeah, like it kind of looks legitimate. Um, they
2: also all look like they're from the Pacific
1: Northwest, not from Arizona. <laughs> I was gonna
2: say, Man, I don't know if there's Wisconsin had any of these animals. <laughs> yeah. They look like
1: they're straight out of Wisconsin and there's eight people there, not yeah. six. So it's a good
2: looking prop, whatever that is. I yeah, mean, I like it. I think it's a cool fur, picture. It's cool. Yeah. I I
1: someone's definitely got a...
2: that in their living room or their basement to show off.
1: Yeah. no, that definitely seems like it. Oh, and then the next one that would actually, like at first blush, that was like, oh, hmm, this might be plausible. Uh huh. But uh, nope, no, nope, no. They just they just photoshopped out a dead dude, moved a dude around, and uh made a fake pterosaur for the front of it. Oh, yeah. So um, there's also another picture of the pterosaur where it's like if you uh, not pterosaur. Uh, tic- a picture of the Thunderbird mm-hmm. if you Google Thunderbird and Thunderbird bird because if you Google Thunderbird Mozilla Thunderbird comes up first um there's a picture of a very large like almost crow looking thing yeah uh that's kind of the thing that I always envision anytime I think of Thunderbird and it looks like it's in some kind of museum uh-huh. um I don't I, see here's the problem i okay. It lived sixty one six million years ago and had a wingspan of around thirty feet. Its feathers were as long as samurai swords, according to this oh, internet thing. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, but every time I think of the Thunderbird, I think of this picture, which I'm adding to the show notes. Okay. Um, that's the picture I think of. So, here's the thing, though. This is a story <laughs> about the mutability of memory. That's a real picture. Yeah, it's no, that is actually a real picture. That's also a picture of something that's very different than what we're talking
2: about. It's a big old crow. Yeah, or raven. Like a big, big yeah, I don't know. I still black don't know. Th- bird thing. The
1: real problem with that picture is I don't know anything about the context of that picture. Yeah, And it also wasn't related to the, the this iteration of the Thunderbird. Yeah. So I didn't put any more effort into it. Okay. That's that's all I'm gonna say. So I have no idea about the authentic authenticity of this picture this black and white picture of a man smiling in front of a giant bird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. that's clearly dead, but or a prop. I have no idea what it is because literally I have no context, so literally I can't say one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the thrust of the story and one of the reasons I wanted to cover it, um well, The main reason I want to cover it is because I remember this story from when I was young.
2: Yeah, I think Um, that photo you just posted is in a a museum somewhere. Because on the left side, it looks like there's a skeleton, the tail end of a skeleton of some sort. And on the other side of that uh, bird-looking thing, there's clearly at least three people on the left wing holding it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You can see their legs. Yeah. Yeah. So, but... Let me get, uh, getting back to the rap, so to speak, um, human memory is beautiful, right? Yeah. I remember seeing this photo. I know I didn't see it. Yeah. You know, this morning I remember doing X, Y, or Z. I didn't do it. Yeah. I you remember know? Shazam, uh, differently. Yeah, exactly. We remember things differently because our mind changes things it mutates things it causes us to doubt what we've seen or become confident in what we've seen yeah right and we have to remember that and anytime we look into a story like this we have to remember that like how many like for example the berenstein versus berenstain bears Uh uh-huh that's that's a thing that trips people up all the time There's people who believe Nelson Mandela died in prison, and there's people who believe that certain individuals are competent, despite all evidence pointing (laughs) to the contrary. But at the end of the day, like, what I'm talking about is the Mandela effect, and that actually might be an interesting episode in its own right. Um, Yeah. But I kind of already have the conclusion, and that's the human brain was designed to. survive in the wild right mm-hmm. there's a lot of weird stuff that it does and there's a lot of uh not design but it, it developed to survive in the wild rather yeah um and there's a lot of things that we do that are based in that that are rooted mm-hmm. in that our fear of snakes like it's a very common thing right mm-hmm. um our fear of the dark, the unknown, those are things that make sense because when we were hunter-gatherers, those fears made sense. Yeah. Right? It wasn't necessary that we remember every, strictly every detail of something. It was only that necessary that we remember the vaguest notions. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we didn't have advanced mapping technology. We didn't need that because it wasn't necessary for us to have it. Mm-hmm. right and it wasn't necessary for our survival for that to be a thing in fact it might even be advantageous to us that we don't have perfect recall because if we had perfect recall and we always remembered something being perfect somewhere or something or something along those lines you know we might in our wanderings go through the same place too much or stay stationary too long yeah right uh because of those facts or we might remember something more fondly than it actually was because it will encourage us to go to hunting grounds that worked. Mm -hmm. So there's a bunch of things that our brain has done to help us survive. And if we remembered everything perfectly, I don't know if that would help us survive. So I don't know if there's an evolutionary advantage to having perfect recall. So I I know I just went on a tangent and literally... (laughs) literally what i wrote about this was three sentences long but this is something i think about a lot you know because it's something that affects us it's a uniquely Mm -hmm. human trait to uh, wonder and try and like change and put rose colored glasses on things right yeah um but i think part of that is we're protecting ourselves Mm -hmm. and I think that a reality in which this thunderbird existed is is more interesting, right? And a reality in which that picture exists is more interesting, and hey, you know what? if it gets discovered tomorrow and it's credible, that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't prove that that creature existed, and that being said, the creature that existed wouldn't prove the first story because it's a totally different creature, <laughs> which is the weirdest thing about this whole story. Is yeah. that these two things have become linked, uh-huh. but the story's still not done. <laughs> um, there's actually yeah. a coda to the story in 1970. Okay. Uh huh. Harry McClure claimed to have known the two men who were mentioned in the original story. Oh, of course he did. Which I should also note, still unnamed. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: That's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, I don't know how to bullshit that, but you could.
1: Yeah. Uh, according to his account, they shot at a bird with a wingspan of 20 to 30 feet, which is okay. more in line with the second story, which, you know. Said it was, what, 36? 36. Eight? Yeah. Um, it's an odd and slightly more believable postscript to this, this tale. Yeah. Slightly, because that's still the size of a Quetzalcoatlus. Yeah. So, um, at the end of the day, it can't be verified at all. So. <laughs> you know. Uh,
2: I, I think it was Ben Kissel wearing angel wings, but that's just me. I think every cryptid
1: is Ben Kissel. To yeah. To be totally honest. No, that's fair. Because that's a better reality for me. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm replacing every image of a cryptid with mm-hmm. Ben Kissel. So. Um, the Dover Demon gets real weird, but you know,
2: <laughs> Flatwoods
1: yeah. is strange now. Bigfoot's unchanged.
2: Yeah, um, Redcaps are terrifying. Redcaps are more terrifying. Yeah, Mongolian Deathworm hasn't changed. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, although weird. also
1: Orang Pendek hasn't changed either, um, <laughs> because I'm still convinced that that's just Danny. It so. probably just is danny devito i i i see no evidence any other way yeah um so uh i guess that's all i got for this episode um i will be coming back with more thunderbird stuff in the nice. future. i can't for sure. wait uh i've already started looking into some stuff in terms of the native american lore and let me tell you uh there is no, literally no chance that the modern Thunderbird we talk about today is the Native uh, American Thunderbird. Uh, because the Native okay. American Thunderbird may or may not be a god incarnate. But we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into yeah. that. Um, so, as always, our website is cryptopediacast.com. Uh, on Instagram, you can reach us at cryptopediacast. And on Twitter, it's at cryptopediacast as well. Um, the email is cryptopediacast at gmail.com or us at cryptopediacast. Um, keep in mind, we, uh, we do do these episodes in advance, so if anyone's posted anything
2: or asked any questions
1: uh, or anything like that, we'll you. Get might back not to you. hear
2: them for up to three weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. legitimately a thing because, yeah. let see, we're recording this. It's going to be three weeks before this episode hits your ears Yeah, right from when we recorded it um which we do that so we have more time to produce so brandon has more time to produce i we both have more time to research and yeah. we are able to relax and enjoy the podcast and not be on a slow
2: death march towards our demise well i wouldn't go that far <laughs> we do more time but it's still <laughs> it's time consuming man
1: it is time consuming i did put like at least I'd say five or six hours into this this episode yeah.
2: alone. I bet we lose about a work week worth of uh you know afternoons. We were
1: yeah we were we lose at least a work a work day you mean?
2: There yeah well yeah
1: yeah, I I, I think I think that's fair uh per episode, it's at least a work week. Yeah, a work day a work day. Yeah, so. But we do it because we we like the content we we talk and we like entertaining I guess
2: yeah I, don't know. I think I do more than a work t- while well, I work overtime if you work overtime it's probably probably a day. there's a it's work man <laughs> no it is which hey that's for we just research pay- that's outside of like that's outside of like editing and outside of like monitoring and uploading and 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 all the social and all the other stuff like there's a whole bunch of like just which i gotta say i'm
1: still impressed the speed which you can you can produce these episodes i've been kicking them out faster yeah i can't i can't produce so here's the let's part let's uh let's part the curtain a little bit brandon is our main producer which i mention on every episode uh and i handle more of the internet like our our web presence and like maintaining our website and maintaining our yeah. our handles well, and all that stuff. Like
2: across all platforms and then yeah. you go and then you change like the, the, the sources like across the board, make them easy to use hyperlinks yeah. and go so everything online and all it, that. Yeah. It's
1: one of those things we tried we balance the workloads to our personal experience.
2: Divide and conquer.
1: Um, yeah. So but I still I could never do the production for <laughs> I just am not I'm not built for that. It took me it took me so long to edit the episode for um uh creepypedia. Like yeah. not even joking. It took me like an hour to do sixteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> was, so, I can't
2: remember how long it took me to do the first to do the Red Caps episode probably took me like Four times the length to do our current episodes, and it was only thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. But
1: um, we do have a Patreon if you want oh, to support yeah, us in yeah. our endeavors because oh, it is yeah. it is kind of like a job. Um, and you know we got three tiers on there. We got the the one dollar, two dollar, and five dollar tier. Hoops, one snakes,
2: jackalopes,
1: hoedags. Yep. And uh, the order's a little bit off, but yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but uh, if you go on the, um, the website, you get some bonus content with some of those tiers. Uh, $1 is nothing. It's more or less just the, uh, hey, thanks. And you can actually donate as much as you want. It's just you don't get any of the content. So I'd honestly recommend just if you're going to donate more than $5, go ho-dag so you get the content. Yeah. Um, the, the second tier gets access to the show notes, and the third tier gets access to our premium content.
2: Oh yeah, um, that's additional. We've got for the Jack Lopes, there's like additional different podcasts that we each do. Yeah. Um, it's better. You get additional audio content, $2, yeah. you get our uh, our write-ups which are what what do we got here? We've got uh 12 pages. We've got links to all the sources. There's photographs for each one. Uh We also make fun of each other in them sometimes. We make fun of each other. Yeah. yeah. There's
1: there's some there's some hidden jokes in there for the sake of the the reader, yeah. Uh, because we have fun with that. Also, I do um, uh, footnotes and citations for all for a bunch of stuff, and Brandon does sources and all that stuff too. And
2: we we put a lot of work into these sources. So oh yeah, I um, think for uh, Skinwalker's Part Two next week, there's gonna be some sources at the bottom if people want to watch some uh, links to like documentaries and stuff like that that they yeah. uh they can find. I think I also linked to for anytime we said Destination Truth, there's a free version of it online. So like all all that stuff that we reference is, yeah. is you can go watch it. It's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah and I think I think I'm probably going to there's probably I got a few ideas for some podcasts. Yeah. Uh, they're basically Oh no. It's basically just I I think I'm going to be doing pilots for podcasts <laughs> on the uh, <laughs>
2: I like Patreon that idea, man. And just yeah. see
1: what people like, and then whatever people like will be the ones that I do. Because <laughs> I got, I got like ideas for like ten of them, but I don't want to take up like a public feed with them. So uh-huh. we'll see. the The future will be interesting for uh, for our Patreon's uh, podcast feed. Nice. Also, if we ever decide to get ads, which I don't really know if we're gonna ever get ads on this show, to be totally honest, because I've I've been doing the math and really doesn't pay off like there's
2: not a lot you had to
1: you had to reach like a crazy high level for ads to even matter and they take away from the the thrust of the show so yeah
2: although i will say no i'm not above it (laughs) let
1: me tell you if a podcast network came to us tomorrow and said hey do you want to join our network and read ads i'd probably say yeah yeah like not gonna not gonna lie it's like We'd still keep the Patreon and all that stuff, but
2: and we'd probably make an ad
1: free version on the Patreon, but I would I would do it in a heartbeat.
2: Oh yeah. Um I will say with that said, we're you know, we'll never shill or change the content for anyone. And I would also like to say that uh today's episode was brought to you by Chef Boy R D. Chef Boy R D is my preferred instant soup. Uh I was actually gonna talk about TripAdvisor, but you know, you beat me to they it. are also very good. TripAdvisor. Every time
1: I go on a trip, I use TripAdvisor. Every oh yeah. single
2: time. I find them so useful.
1: They're very good for finding uh pizza places yes. that have golden arches.
2: Really? Yeah. That's really good. Like uh it's um, also super specific. Like McDonald's or like uh Little Caesars. Little Caesars, home of the hot and ready. All right. Well, I there's also where we were in the ad read. There's also a Facebook group.
1: <laughs> uh, we're starting to get some activity on that. Um, we announce things that are happening during. We, we kind of live tweet yeah. the <laughs> podcast because Brandon, when my uh, monitor broke, Brandon posted about my monitor breaking last week. Yeah. So that was a thing. Um, uh-huh. If you enjoyed us talking about things for 30 minutes that we really shouldn't have talked about you can always rate review subscribe comment share with your friends all that good stuff i know you've heard it a million times if you're listening to our podcast but word of mouth does matter yeah (laughs) um once again this was a requested episode so if you have any requests feel free to send them in um if you have any creepypasta or kirtapasta That's one of the podcasts that I do for the premium content.
2: (laughs) I also have a relationship advice show for the patrons. All the dookies. All the dookie. I can't wait for that to come out. There's like a solid six minutes of you just laughing on that I couldn't finish the sentence. It was bad. It was a bad one, though. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Uh, if you'd like, you could follow me on Instagram at donkey underscore hands. My website is boyerb.com, My email is brandon at cryptopediacast.com. And my Twitter is at Crypto brandon capital C, capital B.
1: Oh man, the odds are coming back. Oh man. It's every time there's a, it's every time there's, every single time. Um. <laughs> It's it's almost nine o'clock. I'm tired. This is John's bedtime. Um, <laughs> On Instagram, we're at mute. I'm at... <laughs> I'm becoming a hive mind. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> um, I'm at mute2057. The website is defunct. My Twitter is at JFDunham. You'll probably get some hot takes on Transformers. I don't know. <laughs> if you want to email me email me at john at com. i just want to go to sleep.
2: <laughs> our art is done by tom hill you can find him on instagram at thomas michael hill his website is greater dot and his email is tommikehill at gmail.com and as always i'm <laughs> i'm exhausted john as always we are john
1: <laughs> we are john we are here we are legion uh oh, I'm all that brandon. good stuff
2: yeah <laughs> and i'm cutting brandon off no it's all good and uh, i'm <laughs> i'm brandon and things are already really weird
1: This notion of protoforms
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, and transformers in general there's the notion of protoforms and um what happened was uh the maximals were piloting a research class ship known as the axelon uh-huh. um, and as they're traveling they encounter david Kay's megatron which mm-hmm. is the uh beast megatron yeah um who had recently stolen the golden disks from the records of Icon. Mm-hmm. And because he had stolen the discs from Icon, he was basically on alert. So the Maximals decided to pursue because someone had to pursue him because Mm -hmm. he had stolen the golden discs, um, which contained the Covenant of Primus and some other stuff. But, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. Anywho, so uh, the Maximals, because they were a research ship, uh, there was a crew that was currently, their sparks were. implanted and they had forms uh-huh. but they also had a bunch of protoforms on ship to help with the research once they found their destination yeah um but because the axelon had fallen had been shot by the nemesis which is the naval megatron ship uh they were shot into space mm-hmm. now keep in mind this is just the setup yeah this isn't the episode um each episode for a couple of episodes basically what happened is a protoform would fall to the to earth the Beast Wars would have to fight. There would be Beast Wars over who gets the they'd, protoform. They'd fight over the protoform,
2: yeah. and then it, it, like the first thing it scanned is the the thing it would turn it. It's a really cool idea, by the way, the, yeah. how that whole situation works out.
1: But the, the long and short of it is Transmutate's pod got damaged, and it was in a high energon area, mm-hmm. which resulted in it becoming deformed and unable to transform or survive on the planet yeah. um, because of the fact that the planet was so rich in energon. Mm-hmm. um rampage and silverbolt uh became attached to it because it represented something about both of them yeah like uh silverbolt's a fusor so mm-hmm. he's a little bit different and rampage has a immortal spark so they both see kindred spirit and, and transmutate which ultimately results in transmutate's death